Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to Virtual Church. We're so glad to have you with us again today. We changed things up a little bit this morning uh, for the sermon portion of our Virtual Church, but we're just having a wonderful time here, and I hope you guys are enjoying the presence of the Lord in your home today. I'm joined by my dear friend, Sean O'Loughlin. Sean and I have been really good friends for almost 25 years. We got to go to Bible college together. We've spent years and years growing in the Lord together, and We're excited to share the word with you this morning. Uh, Prior to Easter, we taught a series that was dealing with Bible characters who found themselves in isolation, and we learned truths about how to thrive in quarantine and in isolation. Uh, And today we want to talk about what life looks like beyond quarantine. Where is the Lord taking us? What has the Lord said to you about your future? Because the future is still ahead of us. Uh, Amidst all the craziness that's happened, we've still got a long ways to go. How do we stretch our faith when God invites us into a time of transition? And so these are the things we're going to be talking about today. Sean, would you open us up in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word, that Mm -hmm. your word is alive. It's sharp. It's quick, Father. Yes, Lord. That you want to show us something today. You want to reveal something to us, Father. I thank you for how you're growing us, how you're maturing us. Mm -hmm. I thank you for the light in the darkness during this time. I thank you that your word illuminates our mind. I thank you for your peace, Father, that passes all understanding. Let Pastor Josh and my words this morning be sweet. Mm. Let it bring praise and glory to you, Father, and let it edify and encourage the listener. Father God, we love you. We thank you for your presence in this place and your presence Mm. in the homes wherever someone is watching this. Let your sweet presence, your peace just permeate that place. Father God, we believe it. We believe in you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We've got some great things to share from the Word of God today for you. I wanted us to begin in the book of Numbers back in the Old Testament. Old Testament. Yes, we're going way back. Um, When I was a kid, uh, there was a joke around my family that apparently I said back in the Old Testament when everything was in black and white. Absolutely. So that's what, you know, we're going all the way back to when things were in black and white. Numbers? Numbers chapter 13, and what we're going to do is begin reading in about verse 21 of Numbers chapter 13, and uh, reading in a, a very well-known passage of Scripture, I think, a well-known story in the Word. And uh, let's begin reading verse 21 from the New Living Translation. It says, So they went up and explored the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Rahab near Lebohomath. Absolutely. That's in the next county county over, yeah. (laughs) Going north, they passed through the Negev and arrived at Hebron, where Ahiman, Sheshai, Talmai, and the descendants of Anak live. Now, that's important coming up here in the story, the descendants of Anak. You're brave reading all these names. Well, you know, I'm just giving it a go, so I'm sure that I'm offending some people somewhere. The ancient town of Hebron was founded seven years before the Egyptian city of Zon. When they came to the valley of Eskol, they cut down a branch with a single cluster of grapes so large that it took two of them to carry it on a pole between them. That's a lot of grapes. That's a lot of grapes. <laughs> they also back, brought back samples of pomegranates and figs. That place was called the Valley of Eskol, which means cluster. 
because of the cluster of grapes that the Israelite men cut there. So obviously, they're in a, they're in a pretty abundant place. So just to clarify, we're talking about the children of Israel. Yes. They've come out of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Moses is leading them from Egypt yep. to the promised land, mm-hmm. but they're not there yet. No, they're right on the doorstep of the promised okay. land. And so now he gets ready to send these spies into the land to go check out the place that they want to inhabit. The place... Which God promised to them, Absolutely. which God promised to their forefathers, Abraham, I think even Isaac, verse, and Jacob. Verse 2, he yeah. says to Moses, the land I am giving you. Yes, so that's right. He's already declared this promise. This is the land I have for you. Moses, mm-hmm. find these guys. Yeah. Send them into the land. That's right. Check it out. Now, here, here's where we are. Here, here's where we are. So, so from there, let's look at verse 25. After exploring the land for 40 days, the men returned. These are the spies that Moses sent into the land. They returned to Moses and Aaron and the whole company of Israel at Kadesh in the wilderness of Paran. They reported to the whole community what they had seen and showed them the fruit that they'd taken from the land, the big clusters. This was their report to Moses. We entered the land that you sent us to explore, and it is indeed a beautiful, or excuse me, indeed a bountiful country. Bountiful. Yeah, a land flowing with milk and honey. That's a good thing. It is. This is. Listen, the promise of God is always bountiful. Absolutely. Isn't that right? Absolutely. Amen. And he's promised it to them and they're, before they even got there. That's right. He's like, this is what I have for you guys. Amen. All you got to do is walk into it. That's right. All we've got to do is move into the promises that the Lord has for us. That's, that's all he's asking of us. Uh, here's the kind of fruit it produces. Verse 28, but the people living there are powerful. Their towns are large and fortified. We even saw giants there, the descendants of Anak. So there's yes. that guy we read about yes. a little while ago. Yes. Um, so I'm going to make some comments on this here in just a second, but let me just go and get through the story here. Uh, verse 29 says, The Amalekites live near the Negev, and the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites... The termites, the Mennonites, there's a bunch of, a lot of ites that are in there. They're all there. They're all there. Uh, the the Canaanites live along the coast of the Mediterranean Sea and along the Jordan Valley. This doesn't sound too bad. I want to live on the coast of the Mediterranean yeah, Sea. Yeah, be, it'd be just fine with me. <laughs> just fine with me. We could sit under a fig tree and eat Now, Pastor Josh, would you say food. at this point in the story, mm. the 12 spies have done exactly what Moses has asked Absolutely. them to do? Absolutely. He said, go scout out the land and mm-hmm. bring back. So at this point, they have done nothing wrong. No, not They have, not, they have just not obeyed their leader mm-hmm. exactly. That's right. Okay. Absolutely. Just want to clarify. And, we're gonna, and that's, that's a really good point because I think in this story, we're going to find that they're... The act of their disobedience had nothing to do with what they did, yes. but it had everything to do with their perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's important because, like you and I, we were, we were raised in more of a faith camp, if mm-hmm. you were. Sure. And there was a big push on never saying what was really going on. Right. What was never, you know, don't, don't talk about reality. Just, mm. just talk about what God has said or, right. or the faith side of things. Right. But like you said, they had done nothing wrong. They were saying, this is the reality of the situation. Mm. But God wasn't upset, and he wasn't afraid of them presenting the reality of the situation. That's right. That's it's exactly only later right. on he has issue. Yeah. But, but not yet. Everything, everything's good so far. They're still doing exactly what they're supposed Absolutely. to do. Verse 30 says, Then Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses. Let's go at once 
to take the land, he said, we are certainly able to conquer it. Amen. I think in the King James, like we were raised, it says we are well able. Well able. That's we exactly well able. Let's go. Exactly let's right. go do it now. That's exactly. God has right. already said it. Let's go do it. That's right. How many how many verses in the Scripture are? Do you go read them in a New Living or the Message or something, and your mind kicks back to Sunday school? Oh, 100 percent. And you go, man, yeah. I learned that yes. verse in the Old oh, King James. I always say I quote the Bible in King James. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Which is really confusing when I read it in New Living. I'm like, that's not what that that's verse not. That's is. not that verse. That's a totally different verse let's keep going verse 31 but the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed we can't go up against them they're stronger than we are so they spread this bad report about the land among the israelites the land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes in there all the people we saw were huge we even saw giants there the descendants of anak next to them we felt like grasshoppers and that's what they thought Two, verse chapter 14, verse 1. This is the, the end of the passage. Then the whole community began to weep and, and cried all night long. Yes. This is amazing to me, Sean, because here's two sets of guys that go in together. You got the ten spies and you got Joshua and Caleb. And I think for those who are probably familiar with the story, this is gonna this is gonna resonate with you. They go in, they all see the same thing. Yes. But the perspective that they come away with is completely different. Absolutely. Let's talk about that a little bit. Well, first of all, these what, they're still telling the truth. They're yeah. still they're still giants. We are not denying the reality. That's right. That there are giants. There are giants, mm-hmm. and we know they're going to face them. There's a whole book later, Joshua, where all they do that's right is face the giants that are in that land. That's right. But what's so interesting is their different responses Mm -hmm. to what God has already told them belongs to them. Amen. That's exactly right. God gave them an advance on his promise for them. He showed them. It's like we said, they came back with clusters full of grapes so big that two guys had to carry them between them. Uh, The the challenge that that we uncover here and the thing that God ultimately has an issue with is that they had more to say about the obstacles than they did about the promise. They had they got their eyes so fixed on the issue that it actually caused them to take their eyes off the abundance of the land. Absolutely. Right? It's amazing to me that God was calling them to a place that had challenge. Yeah. He yeah. was calling them to a difficult place, but mm. that was his will for them. That mm-hmm. was his promised land. Yes. That's where all this goodness was. Mm. So God knew exactly what he was calling them to face. That's right. And he wasn't worried about it. That's exactly right. And so the issue really becomes, are, were they going to believe what God had already said about the situation? Mm. Or were they going to fall into unbelief mm. and be like, nah. Yeah. No, that's not what God has for us. You know, it's a perfect place to, to hit the pause button on the story and say, guys, we're in the same situation. We're in the exact Absolutely. same situation. We're in, here we are on the doorsteps of a, of a new future, on the doorsteps of a new promise, and we have a decision that we have to make within our hearts. Yep. Are we going to believe what the Lord has said about our future, or are we going to just hold on to the challenges that we see? Because you're absolutely right. God has called us into a place that's going to require us to overcome some challenges and to overcome some obstacles. We can't pretend they're not there. Absolutely. We can't pretend they're not there. Can I just say a word about the power of unbelief? Yeah, We're going to get more into this as the story goes. But, you know, unbelief is something that God takes very seriously. Mm. Uh, In in Mark, the book of Mark chapter 6, Jesus actually encountered unbelief in his ministry. That's right. And in Mark 6, you can read the story there. That's where he goes to his hometown and he's teaching in verse 1. And we get down to verse 5. 
And Jesus, it says here in verse 5, because of their unbelief, mm. Jesus, the most anointed man that has ever lived, mm. was shut down. It says yeah. he could do no mighty work there, no miracles, except to place his hands on a few sick people yeah. and heal them. And verse 6 says he was amazed yeah. at their unbelief. Yeah. Josh, unbelief will always short circuit That's the right. power of God, That's right. the plan of God the provision of God, yeah. and the purpose of God yeah. in our lives. Mm. And Jesus took unbelief very seriously. That's right. Because he said, "There's I can't go past these people's mm. unbelief. That's right. And I think that's the same thing we're seeing here in Numbers that's right. uh, 13 and 14. God has, has his word, and now the people have a choice. Are they going to believe the word of God Amen. or what they've seen with their own eyes that's exactly and right. fall into unbelief? Mm. And the most interesting thing, or one of the interesting, is in verse 30, when we talk about Caleb, hmm. verse 30 starts with the word but, but yeah. Caleb. Yeah. We said that God is not challenged by you stating the reality of your situation, but what he's looking for is the but. Yeah. We can say, hey, this is what's going on in my life, but then you need to put in a but and say, but God has said. Amen. We need to agree with a higher reality than mm. the reality we're facing. Amen. It says, but Caleb Amen. tried to quiet the people and said, let's go take the land. Yeah. God has already spoken. Yeah. We can see that he was in faith mm. and he believed the word of the Lord. This is our land. And yeah. the rest of the people are starting to fall into unbelief. That's exactly right. The other really interesting thing is God hasn't spoken yet so far. We don't know his opinion yet. Mm. And even though the people say the giants are huge and all that, God still hasn't shown up. And as we go through chapter 14, mm. they actually keep going several steps further in yeah. unbelief. That's right. And God in his mercy, mm. he doesn't show up until there is no turning back. When mm -hmm. he's like, I can't get these people out of mm -hmm. unbelief. That's right. When there's nothing more he can do, he's like, well, let's go with plan B. That's right. That's how serious unbelief is. That's right. It can short circuit the power of God in our lives. You know, it, you, you mentioned something a few minutes ago there about how Jesus in Mark chapter 6 marvels at their unbelief. He's I, stunned. He's totally stunned. Yeah. And I, I remember discovering this as I was reading through the Gospels one time. There's only two, two things that cause Jesus to marvel. It's either the unbelief of someone or the great faith of someone. Absolutely. The, the only two things that throw Jesus or cause him to just get really worked up is whether somebody has faith he didn't expect yes. or unbelief he couldn't do anything with. And we see that. And with faith he didn't expect, he could do anything. That's, that ex person. that's exactly he right. He could do anything yeah. in that situation. Nothing was impossible. That's right. That's Whereas absolutely right. unbelief, he, it's amazing to think that anything could stop the Son of God. Mm -hmm. But right. unbelief totally stopped him. I mean, he still did a little bit. I'm right. always hesitant to say it stopped him completely, right. but it way brought it down. Yeah. And our unbelief, I'm like, God will get us as much as he can. Yeah. But it's like our unbelief closes the door to everything that he has for us. That's true. And it closes the door to where he's trying to lead us. Mm, that's exactly right, man. And I, I, I would venture to say, because I've felt this way and have seen this recently, that they're that we're we're kind of at a crossroads a little bit in our country in our culture as a church as believers where we we have some decisions that need to be made. Absolutely. I can sense that there's a, a general fear coming upon the public of what tomorrow looks like, mm -hmm. and I think as the church is now's our time to rise up and say we believe what the Word of God says that the future is going to be better than the past. Absolutely, Amen. I, this is one of the things I want to insert here. God is calling His church into brand new things. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, we're either going to see and seize the promise and the opportunity, or we're going to get stuck in who we were before all of this happened. I believe that the, that the Christians and the people uh, who are going to advance into the, the days that are ahead of us are the ones who are going to re, you know, adapt to the changes that are taking place and are going to find ways to trust God about the future. It's, it's just like the Israelites. They had just come out of Egypt. Yes. You can't take slavery and a slavery mindset into the promised land. Absolutely. We're going to have to shed some stuff. We're going to have to to change and shift and grow as the people of God. And I, I believe that's exactly the, the kind of the crossroads that we're at right now. Absolutely, um, we're we're in a we're in a dark season of time. Right. But you know, Jesus called us to be lights. Exactly he called us to be right salt. Now. He said, "Hey, don't put your light under a basket. Don't mm. hide it under the bed. Mm. Man, it's this is our time to shine. Amen, man. And, and to be right. serious about the things of God." Yeah. To, to let his light come out of us, to hear his voice, to respond in ways in our community. Mm. I mean, we're, we're in a fight. Sure. And as believers, we have the answer. That's right. We have, we have God. We have Jesus. Exactly we have the right Holy now. Spirit. We have everything we need. Mm. And it's time for us to be that light, to be that salt, to be that encouragement, to be that love to the people around us. Amen, man. Who are now more than ever need comfort, need encouragement. That's exactly Need right. someone to reach out to them. And, and truth be told, they're watching us. The world's watching us to see how we're going to respond. Oh, 100%. The world, you know, your unsaved family members, they're watching. They can tell that you're at peace right now. They can tell that you're not freaking out the way that they are. Uh, and we don't say that to be mean to anybody or to disenfranchise anyone in any way. But the, the, we've, we said that A.W. Tozer quote a few weeks ago, a fearful world needs a fearless church. Absolutely. So let's, we're moving into new territory. We're moving into the promised land. I like what, uh, what our pastors, uh, Pastor Jonathan and Verna from, from uh, International Family Church, Pastor Verna said this last week in one of their staff meetings, mm-hmm. and, uh, and somehow this word got over to me. She said, who do you want to be when this is all over? Mm-hmm. Who do you want to be? When, 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 when things start to transition back into normal life, what's your life going to look like? Are we going to innovate and move forward as the church, uh, or are we going to stay stuck in the wilderness? Right. I don't, don't want to be in the wilderness. Because there are giants in the land right now. There are, man. There and, are. And Absolutely. that's just the reality. And we mm-hmm. can either just accept that reality and be like, well, there's giants in the land. We yeah. can't do what we want to do for God. Or we can be like Caleb, verse 30, and say, but. Yeah, that's but right. But God. Come on, man. There's, in their song, whose report yes. are you going to believe? Oh, man. That's some old Ron Canoli, I think. I, I choose <laughs> to believe the report of the Lord. That's right. His yeah. report says, I am free. Yeah. His report says, I am healed. I am healed. His report says victory. Victory. This is how you can tell that we've been friends for almost three decades is because we know all the Christian songs from the 80s because we were in church together as kids. So, so, all right, so let's talk a little bit about what we can learn from this story about using our faith to enter into new things and to enter into new seasons. Uh, There's five points that I want us to cover and discuss. Number one is that transition and change are needed for growth. The Israelites are here. They're standing at the border of the promised land. It's a new season and an opportunity for growth, but they're going to have to go through a season of time uh, that, it, that requires transition and change. Absolutely. I, I wrote in the notes here, the number one reason people don't grow is because they don't want to change. Yes. As soon as things get hard, then temptation is, hey, let's put the brakes on. Let's yeah. stop this. And we see this in verse 14. As soon as they come back with this report about the giants, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's going to be hard. Yeah. They immediately like, we should go back to Egypt, right? Which is an incredible statement because you were slaves in <laughs> That's Egypt. That's right, man. You were no getting doubt. beaten every day. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. But 
when we get to that place of transition of change, mm. we want to go back to what's familiar. That's right. And what's comfortable. Mm. But sometimes where God is leading us is going to have to require from us yeah. some new things. Amen. Some new ideas. That's exactly uh, we, right. It's going to need some some change. That's right, man. And I think that that is, I think that it is natural human response, oh, 100%. natural human emotion yes. to seek for the things that are comfortable to you. I have three daughters, and. They love the things that make them feel comfortable, especially the, the younger they are. They want their teddy bear. They want, you know, they want their bear bear, and they want their blankets. They want the things that make them feel comfortable, and that is just natural human emotion. I don't think that we want anybody to feel bad about the fact that intrinsically you desire what's comfortable. Every one of us does that. Absolutely. So we don't want to make you feel uh, you know, discouraged because your natural response is to, for things to go back the way they were, because yeah. that's what's familiar. That's what's comfortable for us. But the courageous, the ones who are bold, you know, the Bible says the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. The ones who are bold are the ones who are willing to put their comfort on the shelf for a while and say, I'm going to go where God wants me to go yes. and be the person he wants me to be. And I believe that's what we're called to as a church. You agree yeah, with that? Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. You know, talking about unbelief, that word unbelief there in the Greek where Jesus says he was amazed at their mm. unbelief, mm. it's the Greek word apistia. Mm. And the Greek word for faith is pistis. Pistis, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you put an A in front of something, it makes it the opposite. Right. So that that is that Greek word. It is the unbelief is the opposite That's of right. faith. That's it, man. And so it, it's going against. That's why mm. it's so powerful and so mm. potent. Just as powerful and potent as your faith is and mm. how it encourages life and things. Unbelief does exactly the opposite. That's thing. right. It short circuits everything God is trying to get to you and get through you. That's right. And wants you to walk in. So much so that it held an entire nation captive. Oh, a hundred percent. It wasn't. Think about the ramifications of this story. It's not. It doesn't just affect those ten spies or the twelve yeah. spies. It affected the entire nation. It kept an entire generation of people out of the promise of God. Yeah. Ten guys. Right? There was 12 spies, one from each tribe. Joshua and Caleb are the two. The other 10 are the ones that are, that are yielding to the unbelief that Sean's talking about. The opinions of 10 people kept an entire nation captive in the wilderness for four decades. Mm. Think about, I mean, we can't understate the power of unbelief. This land was so sure. Yeah. They named it the promised land. Come on, man. That's, that's true. That's how sure it was. That's true. God's like, we're just going to call it the promised land. That's exactly Because right. I've promised it, and you're just going to walk in it, and mm. you're going to possess it. And yeah. there's going to be challenges along the way, mm. but I am with you. And they talked themselves completely out of it. It's amazing, man. And the Lord has this to say about that uh, in 14, verse 11. Mm. Will they never believe me? He's talked about all the miracles they've seen. He's like, what will it take to get to these people yeah. to believe my word? Yeah. Because Wasn't the Red Sea enough? No. What <laughs> the plagues? Yeah, come on. Coming yeah. out with all the wealth of Egypt. Come on. I mean, everything they've seen. And yet still they're like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. The promises of God seem a little intense. Mm -hmm. And it might involve some work on our part. Yeah. I'm not so sure about that. Sean, there's giants. Yes. What are we going to do about the giants? <laughs> so, so this actually brings us perfectly to our next point. The first point, transition is needed for growth. Number two is faith is needed for transition. Absolutely. If transition is needed for growth, faith is needed for transition. This is where Joshua and Caleb rise to the top of the pile. This is where they, they say we see the faith that's in them. They don't give place to unbelief. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about why that's so important. Uh, 
Faith is needed for transition. Notice Joshua and Caleb, the big but, what we already yep. talked about. Yep. Whose report are you going to believe? We do not deny reality, but mm. we choose to put our faith in yeah. a higher reality. That's exactly what right. has God said about the situation and what is he saying individually mm. to us as believers? You know, this story is talked about again in the New Testament, mm-hmm. in Hebrews chapter 3. Yeah. The writer of Hebrews goes through this story, and he talks about their unbelief. And he has some pretty harsh things to say. This is how strongly God feels about unbelief, because he mm. knows it short-circuits his power. Yeah. He calls unbelief sin, and he calls them having wicked hearts, yeah. Yeah. deceived and full of unbelief. Yeah. And in Hebrews chapter 3, uh, beginning in verse 13 and 14, verse 13 says... Or actually, verse 12, be careful then, brothers and sisters. Make sure your own hearts are not evil mm. and unbelieving, Come on. turning away from the yeah. living God. Turning away, yeah. In verse 13, you must warn each other each day. A better translation of that word warn is the word encourage. That's right. You must encourage each other every day. So this is one of the answers to unbelief. Mm. While it is called today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Isn't that amazing? Verse 15 says, Today when you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as Israel does. That's right. Whenever we hear the voice of God, whether it's through his word, Mm. through teaching and preaching, or through worship or prayer, when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, we Mm. have a choice. That's right. We can either obey what he's saying to do, or Mm. we can harden our hearts against him. That's right. And that's what these people did. They kept hardening their hearts. They kept falling into unbelief instead of faith, which Mm -hmm. faith was going to get them where they wanted to go, where God wanted them to go. Exactly where right. all the blessings were, where all the provision were, where their future was, mm-hmm. what he already had for them. Yeah. It's, it's there waiting for them. Absolutely. It's there waiting for them. And all, all that's required is, is this faith in this time of transition. Yes. Let's look at the third point. Growth always comes with a fear that needs to be overcome. So every opportunity that God presents us for growth, there's also going to be something there that our faith needs to overcome. Absolutely. Right? We said that if it's within your comfort and within your, your control, then it's too small to be God. Right? God does not call you to small things. That would be a waste of his time and a waste of our time. He doesn't call us to think small. He doesn't call us to be small. Uh, I like what you added here. Don't be afraid. Yes, there's giants. Yes, 100%. We've said that. There are yes. giants in the land. But we're not supposed to be afraid of them. Because the giants are big. Our God is bigger. I like what, what Pastor Jonathan said to me uh, uh, not too long ago. He said, we're not going to compare ourselves to the giants. That's what the unbelievers did. You see, the, the, the ten spies compared themselves to the giants. Joshua and Caleb compared the giants to God. He, you know, the rest of the Israelites are concerned. We feel like grasshoppers in front of these big giants. And Joshua and Caleb are like, we're well able. It's the old King James again. We're well able to take these guys. Why? Because compared to our God, yes. the giants are tiny. That's the thing. Amen, man. Yes. Don't be afraid, right? Absolutely. I mean, Jesus talks about the the mountain in front of you. Mm. you know, the mountains look big. The giants look big. Yeah. But in comparison to God. Come on, man. No comparison There's no comparison. And so... and. As natural human beings, we tend to focus on the giants. Right. We tend to focus on the mountain because they're in our vision. They're huge. Mm-hmm. I always say you have to get your eyes off of that thing, first of all, and get it on God. Right. But secondly, you have to get to a point where you see God as bigger than those giants Amen. and bigger than those mountains. Yeah. And then those things will start to get smaller and God will begin to get exactly bigger. Right, man. And then That's you're exactly like, right. 
What giant? Yeah, what giant are you talking about? Amen. We tend to think as Christians, or at least I do, my faith is going to take me to easy places. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But God was calling these people to a difficult place. Amen. Your faith may take you to a hard place. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that God isn't there with you. That's exactly right. In fact, that's where he wants to start showing off. Absolutely. This this brings us to our our fourth point. It's perfect. Let me review the points for you real quick. Number one, transition is needed for growth. Number two, faith is needed for transition. Number three, growth always comes with a fear that needs to be overcome. And then number four, and I love this. I want to spend another moment or two here. Growth requires you to leave some things behind. Amen. Uh, John Maxwell, those familiar with John Maxwell, uh, have probably heard him talk about what he calls the law of the trade-off, which is you have to give up to go up. Mm. Uh, if you want to move up higher in the, uh, you know, higher in the mountain, you might have to shed some of your backpack. You may have to get rid of something that holds you back. And I, this, this reminded for me, or reminded me of a story that I heard about how lobsters grow. Do you know how <laughs> lobsters grow? You, would you like to know how lobsters grow? Yes. Uh, you exactly. They lobsters have what is, what I remember from biology class in ninth grade is called an exoskeleton. Their shell is the container for their body. They don't have bones on the inside. They have this giant shell around the outside. Okay, and when uh, when lobsters get too small as they grow, excuse me, their shell gets too small for them, and they need to shed their shells in order to continue growing. In order to continue growing, we're going to have to shed some things that used to be comfortable for us. When the lobsters get too small, they start to get uncomfortable. I wrote this in the notes, and I think it's very important for people to understand. Pay attention when discomfort comes, because it's often a signal that it's time to grow. Absolutely. It's often a signal that it's time to grow. And that's what we see here in the story. Mm -hmm. You know, going back to Hebrews 3 just for a second. Yeah. I want to read, um, starting in verse 5, comparing these two. It says, Moses was faithful in God's house as a servant. Mm. His work was an illustration of the truths God would reveal later. But Mm. Christ, as the Son, is in charge of God's entire house. Mm. And we are God's house. That's right. If we keep our courage and remain confident in the hope of Christ... That is why the Holy Spirit says, today when you hear his voice, Mm. don't harden your hearts like Israel did when they tested me in the wilderness. Mm. So I was angry with them, and I said, their hearts always turn away from me. They refuse Mm. to do what I tell them. I think one of the things that we're going to have to let go is whenever God speaks to me, Mm -hmm. I'm going to hear his voice. I'm going to obey his voice. That's right. And I'm going to see where it takes me. That's right. Let go of the disobedience. Let go of that, that knee jerk reaction sometimes that's inside of us to press back against when God is trying to lead us and trying to tell us, you know, give us something that's going to help us. He's given us revelation to help us move forward. Let's not press back against that. And let's let go of the fear. Yeah, amen, there, man. There's a fear Come that on. God's going to tell me to do something hard or something yeah. I don't want to do. Yeah. But what if he's a good, good father? Yeah, amen. And what if Jesus really came to give you life and life more abundantly? Mm. And what if he told you something that may be challenging in the moment, right. like with children of Israel? Hey, right. I need you to go into the land. Yeah. But what was there? Everything was there for That's them. Right, man. That's, That's where exactly God's right. best was. Amen. What if what he is speaking to you today, he's trying to get you to his best, but there's mm. some things you need to go through in order to get there. That's exactly right. Let's say we just, let's just do it. Yeah, let's not resist the opportunity Absolutely. to grow, man. Let's not harden our hearts. Amen, man. Let's enter into the promised land. Amen. Let's slay some giants. That's right. Knowing that God is with us every step of the way. And this this is this is important for us to understand, right? Because one of the things that we that we tend to hide behind um, and the, the fear that you're talking about. 
uh, are things that we think are actually protecting us. Mm. We think that they're, that the fears that we have are actually protecting us. The problem is that when we think the things that are protecting us become the things that are actually holding us back. Uh, it's the same thing to come back to the lobster with the shell. It, you know, if the, if, if, the lobster refuses to shed his shell. He's never going to grow because he thinks, oh, I'm safe inside of this shell. I'm comfortable. I'm not vulnerable. I'm not exposed. But when God calls us into something new, it exposes us. Absolutely. And we got to get behind that wall. We got to get out from behind that wall of fear. We got to get out from behind the thing that's holding us back just because we think it's protecting us. Yes. Amen. Amen. Let, let's look to, to the fifth point here. Uh, this is the, the last thing we want to wrap up with. The obstacle that intimidates us is often the last thing standing between you and the promise. Yes. I said in the notes here, Jericho was intimidating until it wasn't. <laughs> Jericho was super intimidating until it wasn't a problem anymore. When God showed up, yes, they had to walk around the wall, didn't they? Yeah. They had to do exactly the thing that God told them to do. They had to follow him and trust that when they shouted, the wall was going to come down. But guess what? When they did, it came down. You know, the scripture says faith without works is dead. That's exactly it's right. It's not man. enough just to sit in our homes and read the word and pray. Yes. Faith requires action. That's exactly they right. They could have just shouted at the walls. Yeah. They could have just been, Lord, do something about these walls. Yeah. The Lord's like, you do something about these walls. That's exactly you Get right. out and exercise your faith. Walk around them and Amen. see me move on your behalf. Come on, man. That's it's, so good. When we step out in faith, man, it just connects us to God and mm. it opens the door wide for him to move. Amen. Just like unbelief shuts the door for him moving, mm-hmm. our faith opens opens the door wide for him to move. Amen, man. And that's where we want to stay. That's exactly right. This is this is perfect time to to uh, share this last verse with you. It comes from 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, and I want to read it out of the Message Bible. Every God-begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. That's exactly what we're talking about, Sean. The person who will win out over the world's ways is simply the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In this time, God's going to move us forward as a people, as a church, as a company of believers. And and the thing we need to remember is, is this line here from this verse. The conquering power that brings the world to its knees is our faith. It's the thing that has overcome the world. Jesus already overcame the world with his faith, and then he gave us that same faith and said, now I want you to go do the same. I'm going to take you into seasons of promised lands. Don't get stuck on the doorstep of your promised land just because the wilderness feels comfortable, just because there's giants, just because, man, we knew what to expect back in Egypt. You know, yeah, sure, we were slaves, but we were comfortable slaves, right? No, we don't want any of that. We want to move forward in the things that God has don't, for Don't us. let unbelief keep you out. Amen, man. Don't. Can, I, can I just give two solutions to Please, unbelief? Please, yeah, moving, jump in there. Moving from unbelief to faith. I just want to give you two things about this. Mm. One, we talked about Jesus, and he was amazed at their unbelief. Yeah. The very next verse, uh, Mark 6, verse 7, says, his ans- Jesus' answer to unbelief, he went about from village yeah. to village teaching, teaching. the That's people. Right. That's right. The word of God will always connect you to faith, mm. and the world will always connect you to unbelief. That's right. Um, so what are you feeding on? When mm-hmm. you start feeding on the Word of God, the mm-hmm. promises of God, mm-hmm. God's Spirit, it begins to build and develop and grow faith within you. That's something you can do for yourself. Amen. The other thing is from Hebrews 
um, chapter 3, it says in verse 13, you must warn or encourage each other every day while yes. it is called today. Amen. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. Mm. So there's things that we can do for ourselves personally. Yes. And there are things we can do for one another. Amen, man. We can Excellent. encourage one another in these things. And that helps drive out unbelief. That's and it right. helps build, build, build. That's right. That word encouraged there is the Greek word parakaleo. Mm-hmm. And it's very similar to Jesus' word for the Holy Spirit, That's right. who is the parakalitos. Yes. And parakaleo means to call someone by name mm-hmm. and to walk up to them, to put your arm around them, and to speak directly into mm. their ear. That's good. And that's what we do when we encourage one another. Mm. We are declaring to one another the promises of God, the Word of God, the reality of God, and causing us to come up higher out of our circumstances and out of our unbelief and Amen. get us into faith Amen. where anything is possible. That's exactly right. Amen. Guys, we are moving into a season of time where we as a church, the body of Christ in the earth, are going to arise and take our place. Like the children of Israel, we're moving into certain places that right now are unknown to us. There are Jerichos in the land we haven't encountered yet. There are, there are giants there that we're going to have to face. But what we want to do is let God shape us through this time. Let the Lord mold you and 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 get rid of the fear get rid of the unbelief you know shed the shell that's trying to hold you back and let's move into the thing that god has called us to and uh, and as we do that we'll embrace the future with faith with hope and with confidence and we'll we'll see everything that god wants to come to pass in our lives we'll see it come to pass um, as we get ready to close right here, I want to pray over you. Before I do that, I want to say thank you for those who have continued to sow and give into the ministry of High Country Christian Church. We are continuing to be able to reach into our community in powerful ways. We've been able to sow seeds to uh, to you know different organizations and groups within the community. We've been able to help people here locally, and we've been able to show to share uh, with those around the world. There have been plenty of opportunities for us to do things here and abroad. And we want to encourage you and continue uh, to to be generous with everything that God's given us. Uh, We're still tithing, we're still giving, and we want to encourage you to do the same. So you can do that below the video here on this page. Um, that having been said, let's let's take a moment and just close in prayer. I want to speak a blessing of encouragement over you and just pray over you this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your people who are watching us uh, this morning, for those who are part of High Country Christian Church, and for those who are beyond the four walls of our church, those who may be tuning in for the first time, uh, those who may or may not be Christians. Uh, Father, I want to lift up the people who are watching this broadcast today, and I want to speak faith and encouragement, strength, peace, and and life over them this morning. I declare over you that you are the head and you are not the tail, that you are above only and that you are never beneath. Father, we speak your blessing and your strength into the hearts of men and women right now. Lord, may we not be taken with fear. May we not be governed by the things that are unknown to us in the future. But Father, as we continue to trust in you, may you take us into the promises that you have that are before us right now. God, we honor you. We thank you for the opportunity to serve you as believers. We thank you that we're called uh, by by you, Lord, to, to rise up and become your people and your church in this world. Give us the strength that we need to be an encouragement to the world around us. And thank you, Lord, that your hand will continue to supply for everything that we have need of. We continue to trust in you and we will move forward without fear 
beyond this quarantine into the promised land that you have prepared for us to walk in. We give you thanks and praise for these things. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Now, I want to thank you for again for joining with us today for our virtual church. It's been an awesome time. Thank yeah, you, Sean. It's been so much fun. And it's been a, a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're going to continue to do this. We've got a new series that we're going to start that Sean and I are going to continue to lead you through over the next couple of weeks. Share the broadcast with somebody who needs to hear it. Let's continue to rally around the cause of God at High Country Christian Church. And I just want to remind you, as we always do, that Jesus <laughs> loves you, you and we, we love, love you and, and your, your life, life counts. counts. God bless you. See you guys. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.